Um, contrary to the popular belief, uh, the African National Congress, NEC, um, has been very decisive when it comes to the Mahashule matter, isn't it? Are you surprised that uh, the party has acted decisively this time around? Or is it a case of Ramaphosa's faction solidifying its power base within the party? No, Chief, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, as I said on this channel when we were speaking last week, that you know wh- what usually transpires in this meeting is that the dominant faction will have its own way. So it's not necessarily that they came out very united, but those that have the dominant force and power at this point in time, those are the ones that made the decisions and which are in the culture of the ANC are binding. And that's in the nature of the ANC. In most cases, the ANC needs a dominant faction to have it going. The problem with the current situation is that, by and large, there is a sense that the factions that are in the ANC are relatively on a 50-50 basis. And this is why you begin to have lots of lock jams in how it operates. But in this case, the Ramaphosa section, it came out a whole lot stronger. And you can tell from the resolutions that they have made the decision that they have taken. Sure. That they go a long way to solidifying the power of the president and his faction. Now, do you expect uh, Mahashule to eat a humble pie and apologize? And if he doesn't apologize, what would be the implications? If he does not apologize, he's gone. Like, gone, 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 gone. They will have a disciplinary process, and it's likely to find him guilty. And uh, they might even suspend his membership or, or, or even expel him for, for that matter. So if he decided to play smart politics, he would apologize. And you, you should note how it, that line is carefully written. It doesn't say apologize to the president. It says apologize to the ANC, the structures of the ANC. And that is carefully done so that if he does not apologize, he will be seen to be defying the ANC itself. And that will call for his expulsion in the long run. So if he decides to play egoistic politics, he will not apologize. If he chooses to be smart and they realize that for him to get along in this issue, he needs to begin to play smart politics, he will apologize. Now, talk to us, uh, Mr. Tembe, about uh, the dynamics within the party when it comes to the branches, um, because we know that uh, some branches in the KwaZulu-Natal province have uh, threatened uh, to take an action um, to demand Mahashule's reinstatement. And uh, talk to us about the role that branches play in terms of tipping the scale here. Uh, If uh, these branches uh, don't listen to the order from the NEC for Mahashule to to apologize, what sort of dynamic does it add uh, with regards to Mahashule's issue? Look, there's a huge fallacy about the strength of the branches, that the branches are necessarily the basic unit of the ANC. They may well be indeed the basic unit of the ANC, but they are not necessarily the strongest unit, you know, within the ANC. In most cases, in fact, historically, the branches were established by the ANC because the ANC was was banned and therefore it had no way of communicating massively. 
So they establish the branches so that the branches can carry forward the messages that will come from the leadership of the ANC, mostly in exile or underground. But in a way, this time around, Chief, the way that the branches function is that they tend to follow the dominant leadership at the time. They are not necessarily the basis. This is why you find that even during election periods within the ANC, most of them are accused of being bought and being, you know, treated like, you know, uh, voting cows and all of that, simply because the leadership that is strong in the ANC, the leadership that has more cash, is able to determine the direction of a specific branch members and the branches are collected. So, so it's a fallacy that there's so much, you know, grassroots democracy in the ANC, and therefore the branches will determine how this thing goes. The branches are highly influenced by the dominant factions within the ANC. So it's ANC branches redetermining the end result of all this infighting within the party. Now, do you think this crisis will have any impact in terms of the party's performance in the upcoming local government elections? No, not necessarily. If you see in recent times, the, the ANC has been winning a series of by-elections at local government. So I don't see that happening. But I always say that in this country, there's a mass political amnesia. When it comes to election period, people just forget about the shortfalls of the ANC and they go to vote the ANC. But surely this crisis is, is good news, Mr. Tembe, to the opposition parties. I'm sure they are looking at it and uh, thinking that uh, they can uh, take advantage of this situation, isn't it? <laughs> Ideally, Chief, you're right. Ideally, that should be the case. This should be strengthening the opposition, but it will not necessarily happen that way. It didn't happen when they recalled then-President Tabombeki. It didn't happen when they recalled uh, Jacob Zuma. The party was in trouble. It will not necessarily happen now because in the, in the political psyche of most South Africans, all politicians are the same. Their behavior, their interests of acquiring political power and being in government are the same. Until the masses begin to see the relationship between the performance of a political party and the impact on their quality of life, they will continue to see all political parties and politicians in this country as being born of the same mother.